morning, everyone, and thank you for joining with us on our first episode of our first season of Tuesday Morning Over Coffee with Gene and Jake. I'm Gene, but Jake can't be here this week, so Kevin, my friend and co-worker, has joined us this morning. So, hello, Kevin. Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm glad that you were able to join with us because you and I had been talking a few days ago regarding what you discovered uh, doing yard work. Yeah, last Saturday, uh, we bought a new house a few months ago, but last Saturday, we finally got to the point where we were we were hitting some serious yard work. And in the front, we had a couple of cedar trees that were just half dead. They There was not much left to them. And finally, Courtney convinced me to get rid of them. So, tied a rope around a tree, uh, tied the other end of the ball of my truck, and just yanked those things out one by one. But they'd been there for months, uh, and I don't know how long they'd been dead, probably, probably from the winter, but... We had just left them there, even though they were dead. They served no purpose. There was no, there was no saving them. Uh, they were just dead weight, and it just occurs to me how often we cling to dead stuff in our lives that weigh us down or, or um, burden us when they don't have any business being there. Yeah, that's uh, very interesting because Jesus tells us. That when there's sin in our lives, we're to cut it off. I mean, yeah. he used the image of eyes and hands, and, you know, that's pretty severe. I know he's not telling us to do it actually to cut our hands off, right, but right. we are to take it that serious when sin is in our life. We are to cut it off or yeah. take it, yank it out somehow. Get rid of it. Yeah. Get rid of it. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And you can't, uh, you can't be merciful about it. Right. I mean, Jesus is saying... When he's using the hand and eye uh, metaphor there, he's saying get rid of your access to it. Mm-hmm. Like that's not even the sin. That's the access to the sin. So cut off whatever way you get to sin. Uh, you know, we're supposed to cut those things off because they, they weigh us down, they burden us, and have no business in our lives. Uh, Hebrews 12.1 talks about the sin that so easily entangles us. Mm-hmm. And you get this picture. We're, we're running a race. Uh, we're, we're trying to cross the finish line. And yet those things can trip us up and and spoil the journey we're taking with God. And that reminds me of a uh, visit that I had with a fellow sister in Christ just a couple of mornings ago at breakfast. And I could tell there was something on her mind. And so I asked her, uh, what is it that's breaking your heart? Uh, why is it a relationship? Or And she shared with me that uh, the things of her past. Yeah. It was just creeping up, and she just just knew that everything she had done in her past was causing the difficulties between her and her daughter, yeah. her and her uh, relatives of her family. And I just had to look at her and go, you know, you got to let go of the past. Yeah. Because that's where the devil wants you to hang on to is the past. Yeah. The, when we think of our, our sinful past... Um, you know, it's not just sin that gets us, it's guilt about the sin in our past. Too often can destroy uh, what God is trying to develop in our lives. The, God, when he takes care of our sin, it's taken care of. That price was paid at the cross, and that sin is removed as far from us as the east is from the west. I mean, never to meet again. And yet Satan can remind us of our past and and stir those things up so that even if we're on a good track, if we dwell on that and let it dictate our future, he can still use those things to bring us down and destroy us. The only reason to remember your past is just to remind you how far God has delivered you 
and reminds you not to go back there anymore. Yeah, and, and during that visit, it was just like God was just revealing to me, you know, because the day before I was, everything that I needed to get done wasn't happening. And it was just frustrating me. And I, of course, shared it with my wife and burdened her with that. And so I get up the next morning and I sh- talk with this friend and I realized that God's mercies are new every morning. Yeah, yeah. There's a renewal process there. Um, in Second Corinthians 4, talks about how we are renewed day by day. God is constantly renewing us. We're not the person we were anymore. Right. That person's gone, long dead. Um, you know, our bodies uh, are made up of cells, right? right? And those cells constantly replace old cells as they die out. So you're not even physically the same person you you were. Spiritually, that's, so cool. that, spiritually, that's true too. You're not you're not the person you were. God has renewed you, made you brand new. Keep going forward. Keep running the race. Don't be tripped up by sin or guilt. Yeah, and I just had, I just had to remind her that God loves her for where she's at, not yes. for what she had done. And He's not concerned about her past. He's concerned about where she's going. Absolutely. And uh, so I told her, I said, you know, the devil's going to use your past against you. And so just kind of look at him and go to God in prayer and say, God, remind him of his future as he's trying to dig up my past. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it's sometimes we carry around not only unforgiveness for ourselves, but unforgiveness for other people. We hold grudges. Uh, we we keep account of what other people have done to us, and that can spoil what God's trying to do as well. That's yeah. dead material that doesn't belong in your new life. Uh, Jesus, in, in Matthew 6, when he is talking about, when he's teaching prayer, mm-hmm. uh, he talks about asking God for forgiveness as we have forgiven others. And if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. Right. Forgiveness for a Christian is one of the most precious gifts that we have because it frees us of the burden of judging people, not forgiving people, holding grudges against people. Jesus, God, God grants us that forgiveness to set us free of all that junk and just move on. Forgiveness for a Christian should should be as natural as breathing. Yes, because isn't that the beginning of the path of holiness? And we're and, and I think many Christians uh, associate holiness with perfection, right? You know, and and that's not the case. Holiness is a calling to be different, to be set apart, to be used as two different vessels or pots in your house. You will have one pot for all the dirt and plants that you would plant, and then you have another pot that is for the cooking and the feeding of the of the bodies that live in that house. So uh, how do you associate cutting out this dead stuff to the things that we had been talking about these past few weeks on holiness? Uh, well, I mean, as you are renewed, God's eternal purpose in your life is twofold. And not your life, but everybody's life. God wants to save people. He wants all men to be saved, coming to a knowledge of the truth. And once that justification has happened, then this process of sanctification kicks in, where we are transformed to be more and more like Jesus Mm -hmm. every day. And God uses a a multitude of things uh, to accomplish that. He uses his word, prayer, worship, um, constant... Um, I guess, looking at our lives and repenting and changing where we need to change. But God starts making us holy from the inside out. Mm -hmm. We play a role. God, of course, 
has a lion's share of that role. But, but as we walk with the Spirit, surrender our will to God, then that sanctification process keeps happening. And then, then you realize, I think, you don't have room in your life for that old stuff. Right. You don't have room in your life for that sin. It just doesn't fit anymore. You don't, you don't have a place in your heart for grudges anymore because you've been filled up with love and joy and peace and patience and, and the fruit of the Spirit in your life. I can't help but think about uh, when we talk about cutting out the dead stuff, I can't help but think of Moses. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, at the time that he grew up in Pharaoh's court, and he goes out, I guess around, I would say about 40 years old, that uh, he decides that he'd rather be about his Israelite families and friends. And he goes out and observes an Egyptian hurting an, an Israelite. So he takes, he gets emotionally involved and kills the Egyptian. So yeah. the next day he sees two Israelites. He's going, you know, I can fix this. And of course, that one Israelite is, he goes, are you going to, who made you our leader or judge? You're going to kill me like you did the Egyptian. Then he has to go off into the wilderness, the desert. And, you know, he spends 40 years. Uh, how's that related to cutting out the dead stuff? How do you see that? Well, it seems like Moses was trying to accomplish God's will himself. Right. And that wasn't his job. I mean, he, he killed an Egyptian. God planned on doing something much bigger to to free all the people of Israel. So he had to submit his will to God. He, he had to quit doing it his way and start doing it God's way. And who knows, it may have taken that entire 40 years of shepherding and, and serving, living a completely different life for God to work on his heart and change his heart. Yeah, because uh, shepherding sheep, I think you said this the other day, is a lot like shepherding the people. So, right. I mean, he I don't know how many sheep he had, but, you know, going with 600,000 men, so you calculate a little over a million people. At least, yeah. yeah so yeah. how does that relate uh well, that was ministry training. Shepherding, working with dumb sheep was ministry training for Moses. Okay. And maybe we ought to recommend that for potential ministers and there preachers. Just forget going to, to college. Go watch well, sheep for a while. That, yeah. There's your training right there. Uh, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily bad stuff that God wants to cut out of our lives. Sometimes it could be it could be good things, but God wants to replace good things with the best things. And I think... Early on, maybe in our Christian walk, we're, we're trying to choose between good and bad. Right. But as we mature and grow, those choices change from bad and good to good and best, choosing the best things over the good things. And that's a that takes discernment and re, a true hunger for, and thirst for righteousness. But that's also what we're called to. We're, we're called to, to look for those best things. So God may be pruning us of things that we think are good in our lives. He may cut out relationships. He may cut out job opportunities just to prune us, to make us as fruitful as we can possibly be for him. So that gives uh, some light to what Jesus said to his apostles there in John 15, yeah. where he says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. And God wants to prune the branches so they can produce more fruit. So yeah, it's it's not always the bad stuff, but pruning still hurts. Though. It does. <laughs> it does. Good stuff, bad stuff. We cling to things because they give us a sense of security or a sense of pleasure or safety or comfort, something. And we don't want to let those up go because we, we find value in them. But God is coming along and offering us something of greater value. And it takes 
faith to let go of the old and cling to the new. Right. And I, in my life, it's been a constant process of letting go of the old and, and clinging to what God wants me to do and to be and to grasp hold of. Yeah. I can remember growing up uh, when you say clinging to old and new. And as I grew as a Christian, I realized I didn't have to have the things of the world, but man, they sure were fun to have. And right. I was thinking, you know, God's not wanting me to have fun, but the more I get to know God and the closer I walk with him, that's exactly what he wants us to have is have fun. Well, he, he, the pleasure, deep pleasures that he offers are better than the superficial things of the, of the earth. They're longer lasting, they're more fulfilling, and they're healthy and good. While a lot of the things that we think of as fun on the earth are not healthy or good. And maybe at best, they're a distraction from the truly good things God wants us to own in our own lives. So hopefully to our listeners, we can uh, take a grasp of what you mean by cutting out the dead stuff. We need to just kind of... Evaluate. Yes. Uh, prayerfully evaluate. Prayerfully yeah. evaluate and trust God. Yeah. Uh, knowing exactly what we need at the time we need it. Yeah. To stop looking at our past. Uh, in other words, let's not allow our past to dictate who we are, but let us let it help us to become who we can be in God's eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, listeners, I hope that this was a blessing to you as it has been to me and and sharing this with Kevin. And I'm so glad that he was able to be here this morning. And I look forward to our times uh, in the coming future. So, listeners, once again, thank you for joining with us with Tuesday Morning Over Coffee with Gene and Jake. And we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.